Hey there, probably scientists. I hope the holidays are treating all of you well and that 2014 was all that you had hoped it would be. Earlier this month, we backlogged some episodes knowing that all three of us were going to be out of town for a while and we had hoped that by now we'd all be back and putting out some new episodes. Unfortunately, that's not the case, but luckily we have a very special treat in the form of a bonus episode in which Jesse interviews his father, Lizard. That's right. His name is Lizard. I haven't actually heard it yet. He just sent over the files. I'm just going to tack it on here and put it out and I'll be listening to it about the same time that you will. I'm excited to check it out. I don't know how sciencey or non-sciencey it'll be, but it should be awesome. Before we get to that, though, I want to thank everybody for what has been a great year for us. It's uh, It's been a delight having all of you as listeners. We couldn't ask for a nicer, more intelligent, dare I say, better looking fan base. You guys are are great and we appreciate all that you do for the show whether it's donating doing your shopping through our amazon link that was a huge help this holiday season or just listening and recommending that your friends listen that is such a great thing and um we're excited about putting out some new shows for you soon and having some great guests we've been working on for a long time so stay tuned and uh next week we will be back with the full team or at least two-thirds of us and we'll get to all of the uh administrative things and, and thanking the specific donors we've had over the last month there were a lot of you so don't worry we will not forget you but until then please enjoy a bonus episode for the holidays to bring you into 2015 with jesse case and his dad lizard probably science Everybody. Welcome to Probably Science. Um, sorry, the sound quality is echoey. Um, doing a new thing. Doing this. I'm currently at my folks' place in uh, Nashville, Tennessee. So that's that. Uh, we're just doing this on the onboard mic on a uh, computer. So that's the deal. This episode's been a long time coming. I'm joined by um, a songwriter, a tavern owner. Uh, also happens to be my father. I'm the fruit of his loins, uh, Lizard Tom Case. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Fruit of my loins. Have you ever described me that way to anybody? No, I never have. I didn't. I don't even know what a loin is, actually. I don't either. I think a loin is like a, uh, well, like a loincloth. Well, like a pork loin, but I don't know where it came from. You know, I know it came from a pig. But, well, the, uh, that's the pork part, yeah. Well, it's the loin part, too. <laughs> people wear a loin cloth to cover that stuff up <laughs> so is that what a pork loin is yeah it's it's coming. that part it's from a pig it's a i don't know it, it, they can say center cut but you think of the center of a pig okay it wouldn't be the loin when i think of when someone says center of a pig like this is a center cut i think of it like the way you would do a slice of a tree like, that's how you can count the pig's age, is, like, out from the middle bone. You know what I mean? It's just a, a, a round thing. But it's the, I don't know. I, I, and I've always thought about, this is weird, but I've always thought about buying one of these. Uh, the listeners know I'm all veggie and stuff. But um, I really think that those butcher charts are really cool, those old charts. Mm-hmm. I know the ones you, you mean. You know what I mean, that have all the different cuts? Yeah. Um, I would love to get one of those of, like, a pig, like a pig... Uh, Chart. I, I really like old stuff like uh, the phrenology heads. You know what I'm talking about? Eh, no. It's like a. It's like the head. I'm sure you've seen them. It's like the porcelain head that has the um, different markings on it for what different parts of your brain mean. It's all. Crap. Oh yeah. It's not. Yeah. Re- it's not like a real thing. I've definitely seen that. Yeah, that's called a phrenology head. Like, I can't get past where you said cut the tr- pig open like a tree. 
It only have two rings. Max. What do you mean it would only have two rings, Max? Yeah, they don't they don't let these pigs grow old because the old ones have the babies and they just keep them around, but the, the young ones are the ones they kill and give to you. What do you mean? Yeah, there's no old pigs on the market. You get a pork loin. <laughs> there's no old pigs? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You get a pork loin in the grocery store, it's a young pig. I mean, it's, it's no more than two years old. I feel like they can get as big as they can, and they fatten them up as much as they can. Uh, we're bumming everybody out now. Because now they're even doing that thing where, like, Chris Christie didn't want them to turn around. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? There's, like, that, that weird thing about the uh, humane thing. The, the, um, in, like, the, the <laughs> no, like, in the pig butcher centers. Yeah. I'm just thinking you cut Chris Christie in, in half like that. He's going to have, what is it, 54 rings, but he's still going to have trouble finding the loin. <laughs> All right, little, uh. All right. First dick joke of the night. All right. Solid. Yes. Solid. Republican humor. Yeah. <laughs> Republican humor. Now there's an elephant in the room. Um, <laughs> but there's not. So, so, but I do want to ask you about that, though, because uh, obviously, you know, I grew up here. Uh, you, you still live here. Um, this is a hardcore red state. Yes. You know what I mean? But we were not a hardcore red family. We were the blue block on the street. But you say it's getting a little better? I didn't say that. Oh, I think mom said that. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Uh, it's hard to live in a state like that. I mean, oftentimes we feel like we're the only Democrats in the whole city. Uh, not in Nashville now. Right. We, we live south of Nashville, another place, which is a more, I don't know how say it. This county is, is called an affluent county, therefore like 90% Republicans. So we live in that, in the middle of that. Dude, I cannot wait to afford to be Republican. Oh, yeah, I know. You know what I mean? Wouldn't that be great? I keep hoping you guys will switch over, because then I'll know you're doing well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you still need those handouts. Um, so, so you've heard the show before. You've heard probably science before. Oh, yes. Okay. Well, I hope not too much, especially not lately. Don't listen to the last, like, five episodes, probably. Um, <laughs> I'm way behind. Yeah, good. There's some stories that uh, you're not going to want to hear. Well, you can hear it. Just don't get mom to listen. Dude, mom's not going to want to hear it because um, it's been weird. But uh, one one thing I like to do, one thing we always like to do when we have guests on is ask them if they – and this is weird because I know you very well um, – but is ask them if they have any background in science, even if it was like a favorite class they took in high school. We were already talking at dinner about your experiences at the high school – at the fair and went to the high school. Which we don't have to, we don't have to rehash it. But I want the listeners to know that in the middle of North Carolina, where my old man grew up, and the fair would roll through once a uh, once a year, there was a stripper tent at the fair. The hoochie coochie tent. The hoochie coochie tent. Yep, it was a real thing year after year. And as of course, being young, being fourteen, fifteen, you want to get in that tent. They wouldn't let you in there till you're eighteen. Oh yeah. So they had holes in the tent, and people would guard them, and you could look through the holes. But, you know, being in the tent was a whole different thing. And, of course, you could slip in when you were 16 by saying you're 18. I mean, I don't, we didn't have ID in those days. What do you mean you didn't have ID? People had driver's license and stuff. Well, only if they could drive. I mean, uh, but... Oh, yeah. That is interesting because it seems, well... Because now, I guess you still have to go to the DMV just to get an ID, even mm -hmm. if you can't drive. 
but now it's like a law. Like if you want to get somewhere 21 and up or 18 and up, you have to have your ID on you. Yep. Even if you don't drive, you just have to have a regular ID. Oh, a person can make a really good living making those, and people do. What do you mean? Fake IDs? Yeah. Do you ever have a fake? Nope. Didn't need one. What do you mean? Well, by the time I was 21, I mean, you just fake stuff in those days because nobody had, had IDs. I always think about that, man. Like, um, you did grow up in kind of a different time. But I think about, like, that movie Catch Me If You Can. You know, the, the Frank Abagnale story? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where he would, he would, like, take the... He would soak Pan Am airplane models in the tub so he could take the decal off and put it on a check to fake a check from Pan Am. You know, like, little stuff like that where you could never get away with that now because of all the security codes and, uh, you know, all the crap, right? So I always think if I was around back then, I could have faked so much stuff and gotten away with so much, but it still didn't occur to people. And I'm sure it's the same way now. Like, my, my kids are going to look back and be like, why weren't you just hacking into the Pentagon every day? It's just a simple little code you would have to type in. Well, go back, though. I mean, soak Pan Am models in the hot tub? Get there first. It's like, you know, first you get a million dollars. What, what do you mean? Soak Pan Am models? Yeah, you said that. Uh-huh. So, did you mean Pan Am models? Model airplanes. Oh. What are you thinking? Oh, I was thinking stewardesses. What are you talking about? <laughs> Why would you soak a stewardess in a tub? That's where they soak. <laughs> that is that does tend to be where people soak. But why why would you soak to, to take a decal? I just thought you meant they were buttering them up while they were while the guy was soaking off the decal or something. What? Wait. Man, that's a weird leap. That I mean, that was clearly already kind of on your mind cuz I think that when, <laughs> What you would do, no, you would soak the airplane model, a model airplane, like that you would buy down at the Macy's or whatever, right? Because it would have the decal on the tail that says Pan Am. And then you would slide that off, water slide decal, on a check. So it looks like an official Pan Am check. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Brilliant. Yeah, but I always think, well, of course, I just would have done that and thought of that, but I wouldn't have. And it's the same thing with like... um. You know, same. It's the same deal with with our time now, because now it seems like the security breach stuff like is impossible. You have to have so many forms of ID to cross a border. You have to do all this. You know, to be able to fly, you have to do all this. But there has to be people that we just don't know about yet that are just completely fluent in gaming those systems and doing that stuff. I think so. You know, and it's going to start seeming really apparent later. I think that's the weird thing. Is is I don't know. What was I? What was I saying? I, dr- I drifted off. No, I'm still back at the Pan Am models in the hot tub. I know, lizard. <laughs> the hoochie coochie tub. Um, did you, uh, do you have a background in science at all? Or what was your favorite science class in school? Anything well, like that? Favorite you. one in college? I'll tell you a good story. When I, when I was in science, I avoided science like the plague. I was no good at it. So Generally, people that use that phrase tend to avoid science. <laughs> Use the well, doing anything, avoiding right. anything like the plague. So there was this old teacher in my school, and she was the typical battle axe, had the hair bun, everything. Really old. She was, must have been eighty. Okay, know, still teaching. We would do things like, uh, well, we took a, a, a chemistry class with her. Okay, and there were thirteen people in the class. Well, it was a full classroom. So one day. 
me and this buddy of mine, uh, Billy Dillon, decided we would try to get all the desks out of the room that people weren't sitting in while uh-huh. the class was going on. Sure. And this woman was so oblivious to this. She used to be talking and turn around right on the board. We'd take a desk out in the hall. We had the whole classroom piled up outside. So at the end of the class, when the bell rang, there were only 13 desks still in there with people sitting in them. And the whole <laughs> classroom was empty. This other day, the same guy, Billy Dillon. Billy he Dillon. A, he was a good one. He had this fake barf. So he... he uh, you mean like a rubber... Yeah. Like a rubber fake barf. Rubber thing. fake barf. Those are always hilarious, by the way. And he puts it down on his desk. And so he he he, uh, he acts like he's throwing up. So she comes over and says, what's going on here? And looks down and sees it. And he So he grabs this cloth and he kind of scoops it up. And she didn't even know that it's fake. I mean, he right. just did it so deftly. And so he goes out. So he's off the re- whole rest of the class. Well, that same class, she blew something up. <laughs> What do you mean? Yeah, you know, there's chemistry experiments where you put something in something. Right. I don't know. I, mean, I can say I'm not, I wasn't a chemistry guy, but she, <laughs> she mixed a couple of things together, and it blew up, and glass was flying everywhere. <laughs> I don't see what that has to do with the fake barf. Was she just no, all in no, her head? No, it doesn't. I just thought that was a pretty cool trick. Yeah. <laughs> she blew something up. Yeah. That's ridiculous. So, when... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I ever had an experience in science classes that was high budget enough for any explosions or anything. Like, yeah, like, you know, when I was a kid watching movies that would be set like in a high school, the kids would always be like dissecting something cool. So I'm like, we never dissected anything. Like ever. Nothing? No. I never dissected a single thing. Well, I think we did frogs in high school. E.T. style? E.T. style? Yeah, and on Frog Dissection Day, and then he freed all the frogs. Oh, yes. Yeah, same thing. Sure. And we did fetal pigs at some point. I can't remember if that was high school or college. Did you cut off the loin? Were you working for a, <laughs> were you working for a butcher? Is that how they did it? They taught like, you how to dissect things? That's why it, it really makes me mad. I, I, they didn't tell us what the loin was. We had to identify all these parts, but I do not know where a pig loin comes from. You don't know where the loin is? Did you? Because, well, I would assume the loin is whatever covers where you find the fruit. You would think. Did you find any fruit? Well, it depends if you got a male or a female. Well, here's the thing, though, is sometimes you see those pigs with an apple in their mouth. Now, is that a female pig that was pleasuring the fruit of the loins of another pig? Well, I think the apple generally has appeal. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Um, so, so closing out the 2014 strong. Getting to the core of the argument here. All right. All right. Um, uh, so, um, so uh, obviously closing out, uh, closing out 2014. So you don't have any science that never excited you? I like some stuff, you know. I, I, uh, uh, that's a good story too. I was in college. Were they doing evolution yet? I don't mean for that, dude. I don't mean for that to sound like a terror. What I mean is because you went to school in the South, and I know that's been controversial. I know, I don't yes. think that is like an age thing. Yes, evolution <laughs> was taught in the South. 
Uh, and they did it in a way that ignored religion completely. Um, but, you know, when you put the religion into it, you know, who knows? Because I barely uh, learned evolution. You know what I mean? They probably just thought it because you look just like Darwin. So well, they, you look just like me. <laughs> where's, where's, well, dude, where's that go? this is something we got to get to the bottom of, man, because people have been writing in about the caveman brow. <laughs> and I did inherit the brow from you. So, yeah. does your dad have a brow? Yeah, my grandpa does too. So it's always been that male lineage of the family that yes. has had the huge caveman brow? Yeah. How far back can you trace it? I mean, when when does... Is... Well, I never saw my great-grandpa. I just... My grandpa is... He did. Um, but I think it goes back to Chris Christopherson. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. Um, <laughs> smart people have that, you know. Smart people have what? The caveman brow. It, thinker's cleft, we like to call it. Why do we call it thinker's cleft? Man, it's a caveman brow, dude. It's ridiculous. Well, you had to get put a modern spin on it. You put a good spin on it because you wear hats all the time. And I tried to wear hats all the time <laughs> because the hats do cover the brow greatly, right? I mean, everyone in the family, obviously, that is afflicted with the brow wears baseball caps all the time. I did that for years, and it's, it's not my thing. I can't do it. Now I just have to let the brow fly. I've been trying to find others like me. Well, you know, your brow is not as uh, pronounced as mine, so I think it's easing off. You know, have a, have a couple of kids, and we'll see. <laughs> we'll see, and then a few, a few generations down the line, we may have normal foreheads. Yeah, that's awesome, man. So was like, who's that flathead kid there? <laughs> oh, it's going to start going in. Then that'll be the weirdest. That'll be a huge bummer. Um, so I wanted to. So here's what I wanted to do uh, because we're we're closing out the year. So obviously, when every year ends, all these lists come out. Top whatever of the year, right? Top comedians. Uh, we got some top science stories. Dad, NASA has a plan for a floating city above Venus. Huh. How do you feel about that? Well, it'll never happen in my lifetime. It'll never happen in my lifetime, dude. It says here, imagine a blimp city floating 30 miles above the scorching surface of Venus, a home for a team of astronauts studying one of the solar system's most inhospitable planets. Dude, that's so far off. Well, how can you live 30 miles above it if you can't live on the planet? I mean, that's got to be hot. You, you know, getting the sun's glare. Well, what's 30 miles? It says here, with a mean temperature of 462 degrees Celsius. That is mean. That is very mean. That's 863 Fahrenheit. An atmospheric pressure 92 times greater than Earth's and a cloud layer of sulfuric acid. Even probes to Venus have lasted little more than two hours. Why are they even doing this? Wow. Its surface is hot enough to melt lead, and its atmospheric pressure is the equivalent of diving a mile underwater. But above this cauldron of carbon dioxide, at an altitude of 30 miles, scientists say the conditions are as close to Earth's as you'll find anywhere in the solar system. The gravity at this altitude is only slightly lower than that of Earth. Its pressure is similar, and the aerospace provides enough protection from solar radiation to make it no more dangerous than taking a trip to Canada. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. A little editorializing there. Yeah. Um... Well, Canada's kind of like that. You lived there for a while. Yes, I did. That's where I was born. People know that. People that listen know that. Um, yeah, the atmospheric pressure was very dense. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there's a – this is not a good name for a group, but there's a there's a group called Havoc, um, which I'm going to figure out what this means – 
Uh, what is it? Havoc. This is a NASA thing. Um, known as Havoc or High Altitude Venus Operational Concept. That's a little bit of a forced. It is, but what a weird name they'd pick. Yeah. Well, it's a forced acronym. You know what I mean? Like, they. Uh, that's they come up with Blimp. What would Blimp be? Uh, Let's see. Uh, uh, oh. Blimp like could be the first word. <laughs> you know what I mean? Blimp like living in. Uh, 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 I don't know. Last word could be place. Mean, mean, mean place. Yeah, blimp like living in mean place. Blimp, yeah. sure. Um, Makes more sense than what they got. Havoc, high altitude Venus operational concept. Engineers and scientists at the Systems Analysis and Concepts Directorate at NASA's Langley Research Center in Hampton, Virginia, have been working on preliminary feasibility study on how robots and humans could make a Venus mission a reality. So their idea is lighter than air vehicles. Um, ultimately, NASA could seek a permanent man presence on the Venusian atmosphere. Suspended in a gondola a gondola beneath the airships, astronauts would not have to contend with the physical challenges of zero gravity, where weightlessness causes muscles to wither and bones to demineralize. And Adam... <sighs> That's what's been happening to me. Losing those minerals? Muscles going away. Really? You think you're hitting zero G? Maybe. You have been floating around lately. <laughs> I call that wafting. You've been wafting. I'm wafting a lot, even, especially over Christmas. You've been wafting a lot. Would you live in space if you could? Would you go to space? No, I would not. What about going to space? Oh, definitely. Really? Oh, yeah, definitely. If someone was like, look, this is safe, we've got it oh, worked out. I definitely, I'd go to the moon and back for sure. That's like an eight-day trip? Yeah. You would do that? Definitely. You'd go walk on the moon? Yep. What would you rather do? Go to, sp- go to the moon, okay, or time travel? Oh, time travel. Yeah, I love that. All right. (laughs) Man, just got a little excited there. All right, so what would you do if you could time travel? Oh, man, if you could control it. There's so many places you'd love to go. I mean, so many. I can't even start. Wild West, I'd love to go there. I'd love to go back to the Middle Ages. You know, I'd love to go back to the caveman times. Meet, meet, Meet our relatives. Yeah, See where this brow came from. Yep. Yep. Sure. You're probably going to tell me he saw a dinosaur, even though I know you say it's impossible, but you probably would tell me that. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I am telling you, dinosaurs and cavemen did not coexist. I know that. All right. I know that. Because I, I thought you were serious the other day, and I almost had to really... <laughs> I almost had to leave. I almost had to just go back to L.A. <laughs> I would have left. Um, yeah, man. What if you had to... Do, okay. What if you had to do it Terminator rules? Totally naked. Shoot, I did that for fun. <laughs> really? You time travel naked? Are you going to get a time travel breeze going? Well, you know, your, your clothes give you away when you go back in time. You know, so if I go back dressed like this, which is, uh, you know, hoodie and jeans and stuff. Sure. And I pop back up in the uh, Middle Ages, let's say. And I'll say, who is that weird guy? He's a devil. Let's put him in his hot oil. I don't like that, so... You know, it could it could be a bad thing. So you got to get. Well, you've seen those movies. What it, movies? Where people somehow get transported back in time and they they have to fake it until they figure it out. 
Sure. Even on Star Trek, they did that. Well, Star Trek, that was a common thing. And they do that a lot on porns, too. Here's what, like, <laughs> no, and here's what I mean. It's when they have access to another set. So they write an episode about it. Because you have people on these sound stages, right? And there's like a Wild West set next door. And the Wild West crew is off for a day. And they're like, hey, we'll give you like five grand if we can use your set. I'm, dude, I'm serious. Can we borrow your chaps? No. Can we, borrow, can we borrow your set for a day? And then they're like, sweet, free time travel episode. You know, now we get the guys in the Wild West. And same thing with, uh, you know, there's so many time traveling porn. But, but my point is, uh, yeah, there was a lot of time traveling stuff in Star Trek. One was Data way back in time. And, but it was like a weird Victorian time. I don't know, but he had to build a time machine with stuff from then to get back. Very complicated. You'd go back. Where would you go? I would totally go back. Um, man. First thing, I, I would go... I would go to a Beethoven concert after he went deaf to see if it was really that good. Because... Sound recording, like, well, like, sound recording didn't exist yet. So we have the written down music. So we assume it's brilliant because it's being played perfectly by modern day orchestras. We, like, the only Beethoven recordings are from, like, modern orchestras being recorded now, right? Yes. So, but he's just this crazy guy up there with a baton that can't hear anything. It might have been awful, you know? I mean, the reviews kind of sucked. Yeah. <sighs> But I would, I would love to do stuff um, – like, I mean, I would see the Beatles a lot, like at the Cavern well, Club. Uh, okay. Here's the question for you. What if you could go back once and could not come back? Okay. That's a great question. Um, see, when you think about it like that, are you allowed to alter things or not? Is that, That's a, not a consideration. Well, I think that's in the Star Trek continuum. You can't do it. Well, we said Terminator rules, so you can't. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Terminator rules, dude. That's right. what we're doing. Okay, well. Everybody listening, we're going Terminator rules. Terminator, I'm down with that. That's, okay, Terminator rules. So you're allowed to change things. Oh, so it's going to involve Hitler in it. I, see, dude, I talk about this all the time with people. People go, uh, people go, if I could go back in time, I'd kill Hitler. And that's always the voice they say it with, by the way. It's always <laughs> that voice. If I could go back in time, I would kill Hitler. And it's like, I guess everyone just thinks World War One was okay. Like all those Jews deserve to die. Like <laughs> the World War One Jews. <laughs> so like, <laughs> dude, World War Two wouldn't have happened if World War One hadn't happened. And I mean, you could trace that stuff back forever. So when can you find? When can you just stop war? When's that? When? When? Well, can, there's been evil people since the dawn of time. But think when, about all those guys. But think about philosophically changing things when there's so few people. Like I'm talking going back almost prehistoric to prehistoric man, and just being like some sort of philosopher that influences. Well, those people fought. Even prehistoric man fought. They fought with each other. I know that. And and you think about when it gets to, I'm skipping past Terminator, but Star Trek. Where everybody's at peace, more or less. There's right. warring planets they go into, but sure. everybody on Earth. Well, that's the Delta Quadrant. We don't even pay attention. <laughs> no. no. But everybody uh, on Earth is at peace. And it's because the whole planet learned to pay attention and realized we're just on this ball of dirt floating through the middle of nothing. But that peace happened after first contact. 
if you want to get weird about the Star Trek stuff, we can do it. But I'm saying I'm going to fact check you a little on it because the the peace happened after the Vulcans landed, and we realized, oh, we're not alone, and there is a bunch of scary stuff. Well, world I, peace I, might happen that way. I here. totally agree. I think when first contact happens here on our planet now, mm-hmm. the same thing would happen, more or less. I mean, people would be scared. It'd be like uh, Independence Day. All these things might land. And think, <laughs> well, they're going to blow us away. But if they if they didn't, you know, think how cool that would be. I think it's weird in those uh, movies like Mars Attacks and Independence Day. They still always just like land in the White House lawn. Like they still just know. <laughs> yeah. They still just know where all our leaders live. Yeah. Instead of like just landing at like, uh, I think they would just land at like because you would assume if you were an alien with a bird's eye view of Earth and you're looking at it, yeah. you'd be like, oh, obviously, like, the Sydney Opera House is where, like, the leader of that planet lives. <laughs> but, you know what I mean? Like, something really weird. Yeah. It wouldn't be, like, just this dome. Oh, man, that's super dome, and, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'd be like, that's clearly where the president of this planet lives. Yeah. Like, the amount of UFOs just blowing up the Superdome every year should be astronomical. <laughs> they should have to rebuild the Superdome constantly. Um, well, hmm. what, what I mean is, I think that there, there could maybe be a way. This is probably and probably not because it's. I know there's so much genetics involved and stuff, but there could maybe be a way if you were going to go back, uh, and your goal was to, you know, do stop war or world peace or something like that. You would have to do it in a way that is extremely early man, and you would have to be very philosophical about it and almost be like a Jesus figure. But like caveman style, caveman Jesus, you know, with, and they're playing downtown tonight, by the way. They're very good. So you think it's impossible to stop it now? What do you mean? It's totally possible now, but that doesn't involve time travel. I think world peace, <laughs> world peace is extremely possible. Well, I'm sorry. I got sidetracked. I started thinking about world peace instead of time travel because world uh, peace is totally possible. Of course it is. I, I, I you know, um, it's, it's. The thing that blows my mind about it is we don't even have to build anything. We don't even have to do anything. Everyone just has to be on board with a thing. Everyone just has to make the same decision. Like, it's not, it's not, if you think about it, it's one of the most least perilous things that we've faced. It's not a disease. We don't have to make some vaccine really quick. It's ourselves taking out ourselves and we could just stop. But Mm -hmm. we don't, right? And I told you this about like, um, you know, like uh, ISIS is 30,000 people, right? It's this huge problem. But there's over 7 billion people on the planet, right? So if you want to think about it, local Tennessee rules, right? ISIS would be like if half the population of Smyrna was trying to take over the world. I think for the most part, 99% of people are very pacifist and very cool. Uh, maybe they're jerks. Maybe, you know, maybe they get too defensive and get in bar fights. But I'm talking about like starting a war, you know what I mean? I think like 99.9% of people are pretty cool. They wouldn't do that. And it's like, it's a very small percentage of people that really suck. I mean, we're, we're getting there. I don't know, man. I don't know what I'm talking about. What, what are your thoughts on it? Well, I think world peace is possible as well. Uh, that's, a great, that's a great New Year's conversation. Well, yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, when you ask somebody, what's your, what's your main wish? Everybody says world peace. They don't know what that is. They don't mean it. I think they don't mean it uh, because 
you know, they'd rather get free cable. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? what does that mean? And obviously, like the Miss USA lady doesn't mean it because she's contributing to the lack of world peace already. But <laughs> but yeah, I I think it's completely feasible. Um, I I just think it's a huge philosophical change. But you know, people need to. I mean, that's that's what I mean by going back and stopping it really early. Because now we just think it's so ingrained in us. Well, it's a cultural change. Think how many different cultures we have in the world. I mean, let's just take the United States. Okay. Okay, think about you got San Francisco. Uh Uh-huh. And you got New York City. And you got this little bitty town down in Georgia. Okay. Think how different the people are in those three places. But they're not. Well, they're not... General, they're not. They're you're right. They're, they're not. That's that's what I'm saying. They're not different. Uh, I don't think that's. Uh, it's the culture, though, that makes them different from one another. Uh, and you know, uh, if some people, if the aliens land, let's say, okay, some people are going to accept them, and some aren't. But what you're saying is you're blaming culture, so then it's not global. Then you're saying there's someone to blame for violence. Well, culture is global. Uh, It's different. You mean human culture? Yes. The whole thing has to change? Yes. So why aren't you on on board with my caveman Jesus idea? That's what I'm saying. Well, I didn't say I wasn't on board with it. I'm just trying to be on your left shoulder here. (laughs) All right. I understand. But, you know... I th- I think that it it's an extreme – look, I think most violence happens uh, – and I know we're getting so off track of science, but it's New Year. Happy New Year, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think most violence is justified in the name of self-defense. Um, so even then, most of the people carrying out the violence aren't doing it in their mind as offenders – even that is – or you would – for instance, you, you never would have gotten the German army to invade Poland. I'm not talking about the dudes at the top, the, the super evil folk. I'm talking about just regular dudes in the army, like regular people. They're just humans, you know, regular right. people. You never would have gotten them to even go through with that if they hadn't thought that Poland struck first, which they did. That, that was all set up and it mm-hmm. was fake. It was all faked. But they thought that Poland had taken over a radio station and killed people. And they thought it was a terrorist attack against Germany from Poland. So thus they did that. The same thing with like when the U.S. invaded Iraq. It had nothing to do with 9-11 or whatever. But but the whole thing was in the name of self-defense. And even though it's just straight up attacking someone. But I'm saying that's – so I still think if you view it that way, you could almost view that a little optimistically as like, well, we're still good. We're just suck at it so much sometimes. But we're still trying to like create community and. Well, we got to You're right. We just didn't need to keep trying because it's the people that believe that need to change the other people's minds, and that's a very difficult task. You know, um, it starts from a bad place. If the, if the poles took over a radio station, come on, it's Nashville. You can't do that. <laughs> well, here, yeah, you couldn't do it here. No, you know. Speaking of which, uh, let's, let's get on to lighter fare. Um, speaking of which, I do want to – and we got to wrap up here in a second. So I got one more science story. I've got two science stories is solid and then we'll uh, – but I do want to talk to you about speaking of Nashville stuff. Um, really quick though, Dad, 
2014, one of the big tech, uh, one of the big tech innovations, hover bike. You ready for it? You gonna get one? Is this above Venus? No, 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 not above Venus. It's above Earth. Online reservations for a futuristic hovercraft that lets you zip smoothly over rough terrain by flying up to three meters above the ground. They open in May. The AeroX hover bike, made by California-based Aerofex Corp, is expected to hit the market in 2017. The company is asking for a refundable five grand from those who want to ensure they get a chance to buy one of the bikes for eighty-five grand. Um, and these bikes uh, look like that. What powers them? How do they stay off the ground? Well, I'm, I assume some sort of fan situation. I don't know how do hovercrafts work, man. Well, I don't know, dude. You've built a hovercraft, right? Well, only one or two. (laughs) I have lots of fans. (laughs) Um, Okay, it uses okay, it uh, it uses fans to force a cushion of air under it and lift it up. Yeah, so sort of like one of those things that you can move your your refrigerator on, you slide it around the room. What are you talking about? Yeah, they got these things you put under your fridge, uh huh, and you just push a button and air goes out and you float them around like one person move a big old heavy loaded fridge around the room. That's like a magic carpet thing for food. Yeah, that's amazing. Yes, it is. And uh, the more pork loins you have in there, the more <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure, it's gonna be it's gonna be an issue. Um, really quick, because we just set up this Twitter today. Um, uh, tell me about the bar, man. Because uh, we're in Nashville, uh, we have Nashville listeners. I want people to come into your bar. I want people to be drinking there. I've already talked about your bar serving Lagunitas, official beer sponsor of Probably Science. But um, yes, we're considering getting those Lagunitas, official ale of the Probably <laughs> Science podcast. A fun, enjoy an, an Indian pale ale, perhaps. Perhaps you would like a uh, lovely uh, stout. I yeah. don't know. Not product placement at all. So, uh, what, what's the what's the Twitter? Uh, well, I believe it's called Idle Hour Tavern. Idle, Idle Hour Tavern, because the bar is indeed called the Idle Hour, but it's it's also it's called Bobby's Idle Hour. Bobby was the previous owner, so you changed the name. Well, it was Bobby's Idle Hour, and I'm still holding that because I love Bobby. And, you know, I. He's a great friend of mine, so I'm keeping that name, but I put my name on it too, so it's Lizard's Bobby's Idle Hour. <laughs> so now, so uh, you, you heard it here first, probably scientists. My dad runs a bar in Nashville called Lizard's Bobby's Idle Hour. Uh, <laughs> Idle Hour Tavern on Twitter. <laughs> and that's on 16th Avenue? It's on Music Row? Yes. The only bar on Music Row. And they also have a comedy night, which I'm happy to say I sort of helped start. Yes, last you did. Town. Yes, you did. Um, it's been going almost exactly one year. That's on Monday yeah. nights. So yeah. go check that out. Take in some local stand-up uh, from the Nashville comedy community. It's a very good scene here in town and all that stuff. Do you have any New Year's resolutions, man? We've got to wrap this puppy up because I think I'm sending this to Andy and I think he's got stuff too. I've not made one yet, I must say. Yeah? Nope. Mm. I've been on a diet for the last two months, and it's been eating me up because, you know, so I haven't had a chance to resolve anything else. Sure. Sure. I get it. But I've lost over 20 pounds. It's Yeah. It's been good. Yeah. All of it from your loins. 
Yeah. <laughs> and I still don't know where my loins are. That's the problem, is I'll, you've lost it. I've lost my ass, I've lost my thighs, I've lost a whole bunch of stuff, I, but still got my belly, and I don't know where the loin is. Well, you'll find the loins. Um, all right, Lizard Tom Case, thanks so much for being on the podcast, man. It was fun little... Uh, people want, I wanted to introduce people to you, because uh, as soon as they found out um, that my dad was weird... They wanted it. Um, also, uh, you've had you've had some. You had a song in a film, uh, stuff like that. Yeah, I've had. Uh, Tell us about that. Uh, well, I'm gonna it, plug you up real quick. Okay, good. It was a, a, a. I'm heading back. Is the name of the movie. It's a story of the Battle of Franklin here in Franklin, Tennessee, one of the bloodiest battles of the Civil War. And my song's a title song. Get to hear my lovely voice sing it in the movie. Dulcet tones. Yes. And I uh, also had last year a cut by Marty Raven, who was the lead singer for Shenandoah. So well, I love your songs, Roman. man. I, 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 uh, I, I think you're a brilliant songwriter. Um, and uh, anybody listening, uh, why don't you cut, cut one of my dad's songs here? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Let's do it. Cut a song. Well, thanks. I'm glad you like them. I think that's where probably you get all your creative ability. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. So... <laughs> Okay, so the loins contain creative ability then, or at least those are somehow infused in the fruit. Oh, they must be. <laughs> those are somehow infused in the fruit. <laughs> yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, so to all the listeners, I really hope you have a great, great new year. If you know where the loins are or where the fruit of the loins is, please write us in. That's probably science at gmail.com. Subject line, loins. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, um, world peace. World peace. And uh, Lizard, uh, Dad, thanks, thanks for being on, man. My pleasure. All right.